I'm but not I, saying it's never going to happen. I'm not going to be one of the, we're never going to be one of these guys that says, oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen because the way we believe it's just never going to happen. You know, the world doesn't, you know, there's so many guys out there that have their belief and they just say, oh, it'll never happen. Well, that's how you get knocked on your ass and you end up broke and you know, you just don't move with the world. So I'm not going to sit here and say that. Do I like it? Hell no, but. I know what's wrong with it. It ain't got no gas in it. <laughs> Is that Nick, your voice? Yeah. <laughs> All of the food we eat and much of the clothing we wear comes from plants and animals that are raised on farms. Farms are different in type, in size, and even in name. Welcome to Barn Talk. Bunker edition. You better hunker down. Get your ammo. Get your bottle of water. Get the spam. Get another case of ramen. This world is going crazy right now. It is the day after the Russian invasion on Ukraine started. It's not, they're not all the way invading yet, but people are fleeing. Putin has dropped the hammer down and said, We're doing this, and if you get in our way, we're running you over. He, I think he might be a little off his rails because his press conference, he, he kind of made it like a religious, like it's his own manifest destiny to reunite all of the lost lands of the Russian Empire. Well, yeah, they're ruth. I mean, he's ruthless. Yeah, he is a ruthless dictator. Somebody was kind of trying to slur him and saying that. Um, he wasn't very well educated, and I was like, oh, I think he was educated by the KGB. He was very well educated. <laughs> he was just educated in all kinds of things that other normal people aren't educated in, like how to kill people in their sleep, and you know, oh yeah, how to <laughs> how to use cyanide in new and creative ways. So, uh, pray for the people of Ukraine because it ain't good. And you know what's even worse is they're caught in the middle because. This mess has been brewing for a long time. There is a lot of hands in the cookie jar over there, and I don't know how it'll end. I don't think anybody knows, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a bumpy ride. So, and we're just on the very beginning of it. So that's crazy. That is crazy. What also is crazy is in all the midst of this, where where'd COVID go? What's where, no, what's, what's what's that? What's that? Where, where's that at? No one's talking fine. about that anymore. I feel Dad fine. and I were saying, you know, earlier before we got on air here, if this goes for a long time, people aren't going to worry about COVID. People nope. aren't going to worry about masks. People aren't going to worry about... Uh, Your vaccine passport. No, none of that. And if the food prices go up, people are start going to start worrying about that. Yep. They're going to start worrying about their basic needs. Yep. So that's what happens when war begins. And I mean, it's not a world war. I'm not saying that, but you know, you never know. We weren't involved in World War II in the beginning either. So anything can happen, really. Yeah. Especially when you got some crazy ass dictators going at it, you know? Well, I think the, the big difference is today we're in a globalized economy to where the ripple effects. I mean, we were just talking about before we went on, you know, they shut down the ports in Ukraine. So uh we're not we're going to have an abbreviated market report today but the the short answer is everything's going up because it it the ripples of all of this go out along well go all around the world and then prop 12 where's prop 12 in california is just what are they, are they just shutting that down because no, food prices are too they're they're postponing it because oh. they're not quite sure how that's going to work and with inflation going and and food prices already going up 
I think they kind of are now going, well, gosh, maybe this, maybe, wow. maybe $13 bacon might not, oh, that might not That's be not so selling good. very well. <laughs> it's like you said, there's a lot of things out there that were a big deal, that were a big deal yesterday that two weeks from now probably won't be a big deal. And then Carl Icahn, I don't know if you guys saw the story, he wanted to nominate two board members to McDonald's uh, board. And he's against all gestation crates, and he the people that he nominated are against gestation crates, and he wants McDonald's to pretty much Only, eliminate yep. all gestation crate. Make sure pork. that all the pork that they buy come from crate-free uh, facilities or or farms or whatever that can be certified. It's all crazy. We're going to talk all about all of it, but first, pay the fee if you get any value from this. If we made you laugh, if we showed some perspective, showed you an insight that you didn't think about. Uh, share the show, share it with your family, friends, coworkers. We're trying to grow this thing, trying to do some good in this world, um, trying to just show you our point of view on things. Uh, also, re- leave a review on iTunes and leave a rating on Spotify. All of that helps us out, guys, and we appreciate every single one of you guys that have been doing that. Also, we got Barn Talk merch. I'm wearing TDF merch right now, but you can get all that. I'll have the link in the show notes if you're listening and link in the description on YouTube if you're watching. Speaking of merchandise, do you see this little gem that I've got? Oh, yeah. Look, look at, at that hat. Lady. Look at this. Boar power. Boar power. It's not quite your sign. No, but it is not It's a my step sign. in the right direction. It is. I'm heading in the right direction. So a uh, good friend of the show, John Nagel, I think he's from Indiana. I think that's where he's from. Uh, he messaged me on uh, Insta. And said, hey, I don't have a sign, but I've got this Circa 78 Boar Power stocking cap that's in primo condition. And so we pulled a little tradey. Uh, yeah, kudos to John Nagel. So we sent him a sweatshirt and he sent us his hat. And I'm super pumped for it. I, I like the old Boar Power. And uh, I've said it before, any of you out there that have a corn crib that has the nice Boar Power metal sign uh, patching a rat hole in it, let me know. I'll come. I'll come take it off your hands. I'm trying to find a little boar power. Farmers hybrid mem- memorabilia. Um, I think, as I said in the beginning, uh, market update today is going to be an abbreviated version because uh, we're a little bit behind on getting episodes out. So this is going to be a little behind when you see it. So there's not much point of giving you what the markets are, other than to say. Everything's up. Uh, yesterday, I think uh, the Chicago Board of Trade got, I think it might have gotten locked, limit limit up, because with everything going on in Russia invading, uh, everybody thinks that there's going to be a shortage of raw materials in about everything, everywhere, and we'll get into that. But um, commodities are way up, and the stock market was way down. Yesterday, it was down hard, and today... It's still down, but I'll, there's a few. It's kind of mixed. There's some stuff up, some stuff down. Um, Tesla is cheap, so cheap. It's you're it's hungry. Just, oh man, I wish I had. I, uh, the snow's melted, so I might drive slow going to town today and just pick up cans and see if I can get enough money for a quarter of a share, maybe or something. I don't know whether I can drive <laughs> that far or not. Um, Tesla announced they're going to build another. They're going to expand their Shanghai factory because. The demand is just crazy. And I actually got on last night and looked. Do you know if you are interested in a Model X? I didn't check anything else, but a Model X 
if you put your deposit down now, your delivery is next January. Wow. They're all, they're right about a year out. Those man. are the ones with the Lamborghini doors. Yeah. They fold up. They're Bougie. pretty much the SUVs. Bougie. Yeah, those are pretty cool. I'd like one of those. Well, you know, just put a deposit and yep. then hope that something hits between now and then. Still waiting. Somebody won Powerball, and I haven't checked my ticket. I actually bought a Powerball ticket, and then I didn't check it. Somebody won it. I could be a millionaire and not even know it. That'd be great. You better, be, can you check that? I might be able to afford to pay my... We might be able to put on all the nitrogen we want this year if I win Powerball. That, that's kind of nice. That'd be real nice. Wouldn't have much left, but no. anyway. So Russia, Ukraine. Oh, Russia, boy. Ukraine. It is an absolute shit show. Putin is a savage. Pretty much said, I'm invading, and if anyone wants to interfere, you're going to have consequences. Essentially is what he said in this press conference. And he might be all talk, but let's be honest, out of all the world leaders right now, he does look, he is the most crazy probably, but he is the strongest, most. He's the most alpha out of all of the world leaders, definitely. 100%. I think that, and this is all just my opinion, but Russia is at a, they are at a pivotal point. So they've been, they've been the superpower, uh, you know, against the United States. So ever since World War II, at the end of World War II, basically the United States, they they did something different from what had happened just about every other time through history when a, com- when a country was the victor over other countries. They didn't go in and ramsack everything and settle all the scores. They basically went to Germany and went to all of Europe and went to Japan and all these countries, and they said, here's the deal. We will feed you, clothe you, help rebuild your countries, and we will defend you against Russia, against communism. All we ask is that you take our side, and in return for that, we will have the Navy, we will have the Army, we will have the Air Force, and we will make it our job to defend your trading around the world, and you can buy and sell and trade and do whatever you want without fear of, you know, bad actors. And we've been operating on that for about 80 years. And now we've kind of entered a new, a new era in the fact that a lot of people, this really started with Obama, um, but I would say it was headed that way even during the second Bush presidency in the fact that public sentiment and the politics of the world, it's gotten really expensive to be the babysitter of the entire world, and we have lost a lot of blood and a lot of treasure around the world fighting wars that we probably should have never been in and i think that's taken its toll and you could see that there wasn't a lot of heart in um taking up other countries causes especially when you're dealing with countries like ukraine so it's really interesting to me that the the word democracy is being thrown around a lot with Ukraine 
because Ukraine really isn't a democracy. The people that are in power in Ukraine, they're not exactly the most squeaky clean people, and they aren't part of NATO, and it's kind of been a little bit like the wild, wild west there in the fact that part of that country is pro-Russian, and part of it is pro-West, and their politics are pretty dirty, but you know, when you're playing favorites, they're better than the Russians in the eyes of the West. But this this deal has been made. Russia's making a deal that they can't allow Ukraine to be part of NATO. Well, that was never going to happen anyway because for a country to get into NATO, it has to be unanimous. The vote has to be unanimous against within all of the parties of NATO, all the countries of NATO. And I can guarantee you that it wasn't going to get an unanimous vote to go in there. So that's just kind of a that's just kind of a talking point that Putin's used as an excuse to go in there. Um, but it's just kind of a it's a different it's a mess. I mean it's crazy. It's just crazy is what it is because um, we're giving a lot of arms to them. Uh, Germany, Poland, France, they're all sending troops to the border um, with Ukraine because if it spills over, you know, the NATO, they will defend NATO. And Putin doesn't seem all that... Um, maybe I, He's very calculating, but he seemed a little weird to me when he started trying to bring religion into the deal in his news conference that... Basically, it was like his manifest destiny to reunite all the pieces of the pie back into Russia. That's that's a little scary when you start hearing. Well, yeah, that. it makes you feel like he's trying to be trying to do world domination. Well, I guess I got way off because what I started to say was Russia. They were they were the superpower that the U.S. was against. But today, I would argue that China is a stronger player than what Russia is because economically, Russia's only game is oil and raw materials they don't and their economy's trash and you saw yesterday their stock market lost 50 percent of its value and if the west quits buying oil from them they're the third largest producer of oil in the world so it's very hard to replace all that oil which brings up the idea why aren't we why don't we restart the keystone pipeline because if we want to get off oil foreign oil we were energy independent a year ago, year and a half ago, and then that all went to pot. And we could be energy independent again if we really wanted to. Really much. good question. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, that's what I want to know. Why aren't we pumping oil? Because right now, a lot of that oil that's being pumped up in the Dakotas, it's going to Canada. The right. Canadians are buying it. It's going north instead of south. The Canadians are buying it, and then they're exporting it, where we could just as well be processing it here and using it. So anyway, long story long, Russia... I feel like they're at a tipping point, and I feel like Putin feels it, that if he doesn't act now, if he doesn't get all this back, they're going to fade away because their birth rate is against them, so their population is against them. They don't, their population is aging very rapidly, but that's a story that's going on all over Europe. Um, but their power is dwindling, so if they're going to do it, they're doing it now, which my argument is... If you're going to do it, no better, no better yeah. time to do it. There's, you got no superpower. You got really no, 
He doesn't really have nuts, let's be honest. Well, I mean, our he, whole political systems because we're so we spent so much time worrying about pronouns and worrying about COVID and worrying about offending people that we're not we we've lost a lot of credibility. And don't kid yourself. That deal in Afghanistan, the way we got out of Afghanistan. Oh well, yeah, I knew, I was about to say if you're Ukraine, what do you I mean, do you even think that the US is going to You're running on hope. Yeah, I mean, you truly are because we showed our example. We played our cards. We showed our cards there. Yeah. Especially with Biden being what that was his first kind of major thing as a president. And he botched that pretty he well. botched that pretty bad. And this thing's changing fast. So before I came down there, there was a lot of talk that it looks like the Russians were gonna try to do uh an air assault where they were gonna use paratroopers and there was a lot of talk. I just saw a clip before I came down that they were attacking the main airport in Kiev and people were wondering whether they were just gonna come in and try to drop troops all over this all over uh, the country. Red Dawn. Well kind of, Red yeah. Dawn <laughs> Wolverines <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> you probably like the older one better. Yeah I do. I do. Yeah, one is better. The new one kind of sucked. I never liked that one. But it's t- it's hard to it's hard to improve upon a pro- improve upon a such a that one. I don't feel of, like that movie isn't really that realistic. And the fact that like you do that in Texas, you're just gonna they're gonna get shot in the sky. <laughs> I mean, it would be <laughs> like duck hunting. <laughs> duck hunting in Texas. They would just be shooting those guys out of their parachutes. They would be love it. Everybody People, in their front yard. Guys coming out of Walmart, seeing that, just reaching the back of their the truck. Dakotas, Idaho, that would not work. Montana, that would not work if you guys tried doing it there. I think that's I think that's a good point. I think somebody needs to do that version. But it'd only be like a twenty five minute yeah, movie. Yeah, the movie would be over yeah. too fast. Well, so. that's why they had to drag it out. Yep. So but uh what were you saying uh i don't really know i think i just said that russia is kind of this is like they feel like if they're going to do something now it's time to do it the united states we have not played this very well we have not done we certainly could have done more for ukraine sooner than what we did and it's changing very fast and we're just going to have to see what happens talk a little bit about all how our economy is going to get affected by this because you know, you said they're the third biggest, Russia's the third biggest producer in oil. Yeah. They produce a lot of nitrogen. Yeah. And what was the other thing? LP. So LP. Natural gas, LP. And so they're going to, no, we're going to stop buying from Russia because we don't like the what, what they're doing. And then Ukraine shut down all their ports and they're pretty good in agricultural production. They're the biggest producer in Europe of so agricultural commodities. Here, it's going to affect us. It's going to affect us po- us farmers positively, but also at the same time, all our inputs inputs are all going to be skyrocketed too. So, yeah. I mean, I think we'll benefit from it. I mean, I think the, the commodity prices will probably climb higher than what the input cost will, but everything will be freaking expensive. Like, do you think the numbers will be higher than you've ever seen? Like just across the board, commodity yeah, prices, I- inputs, everything... Like I think it out of all the well, years you've been farming, I think it could be. I think it could be because the ethanol market was getting hurt because the corn price had gotten high enough that the that the margin on ethanol had gone negative. In other words, you couldn't get enough money out of the ethanol that you made out of that bushel of corn to pay for that bushel of corn because it was too high. But that was figuring that fuel prices were x Mm -hmm. okay well if gas prices keep going up then that makes 
ethanol works, so then your ethanol plants keep running. They keep buying corn because they can afford to pay more for it, which in turn eats up the corn supply and drives the corn price higher because if Ukraine is not exporting corn, soy, wheat, I mean, I think Kansas City wheat was over $9, and it's higher than that now. I didn't check the markets before I came down here. I meant to, but... I knew we weren't going to talk exact numbers because, but um, with that with that supply not coming on the market, people that normally buy wheat from Ukraine, they're going to have to buy wheat somewhere else. And people that buy soybeans or buy corn from Ukraine are going to have to buy it somewhere else. And so, and then the other side of that is when you talk about oil, so Europe buys a lot of oil from Russia because they had that pipeline. And they just did buy a lot from them. Okay, well, if the world quits buying from Russia, and not all the world will, I guarantee it China will keep buying oil from Russia because China don't care. They don't give a shit about human rights or what you're doing. It's, if it's a good deal, they'll do it. They don't ethics care. Ethics are not in their They don't playbook. have any ethics. No. But, um, so it basically reshuffles the deck because people that were buying from here are now going to have to buy from here. And overall, it's going to hurt production. The overall production of oil will probably suffer, and the distribution will suffer. So, in other words, you won't be able to get products where they need to go as fast as they need to go, and that's not even figuring in. I mean, we already kind of are having that problem. Right. And And so is that going to just add to it? It's going to add to it. And then think about, you know, uh, what happened in Canada. So there's a trucker rally going in the United States. So if you have transportation problems here on top of high commodity prices and then you have trouble getting stuff shipped worldwide but then once you get it say here to america you can't get it shipped because there's a shortage of transportation it's just going to add to that so you're right in that come fall if i have a crop to sell that crop is probably going to be worth it's probably going to be one of the most valuable crops that we've ever produced the flip side is our cost of production will be one of the highest that we've ever had, mm-hmm. and all of our cost of living is going to go up because the gas to go to town, the LP to heat the hog buildings, our power bill, a can of Bush's baked beans, <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> Pack of bacon. Yeah, exactly. All of that's going to go up. So when it's all said and done, you're going to feel really good about this really valuable crop that you sold. And the hog guys are the same way. So the integrator we feed for, they're going to see the highest hog prices this summer they've probably ever seen. But look what they're paying for corn. Mm -hmm. So their feed cost is going to be sky high. So when it's all said and done, are they going to make any more money? Probably not. Mm -hmm. In fact, they might, they might, it could get to the point where they'll be lucky if they break even, even though they've got a higher price they've ever had. That kind of sucks. It's like, yep, you know. Teasing you a little bit. And that's, <laughs> you're seeing this massive number, and then you're like, oh, God. And that's what happens in a global economy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the difference. So World War II, it wasn't that way. Um, today, it is that way. So that kind of gets us into our next point. Inflation, raising food prices. I mean, everything's going up. Uh, are they ever going to raise interest rates, get this inflation in check? I don't think so. And the other, I was thinking about this, too. Do you think it's a kind of an excuse? If if we get involved in this, it's not. I wouldn't call it a war yet, but we get involved in this battle. This this one, it could be a war. Who knows how long it goes? We just don't know enough. But 
Do you think it's another excuse for us to print even more money? Do you think they would print even more money? Are they going to pull in Afghanistan while we're going to go into Ukraine and we're going to have to print money for military? I think that... That would be very bad. Don't you agree? I mean, we're almost at our tipping point here where if we print any more money, it ain't going to be good. I think that the United States, both sides of the political aisle, don't have... They do not have the political will to go toe to toe with Russia. Not because it's not because we couldn't win that fight, but because that is a slippery slope where if you if the United States gets into direct combat with Russia, that there is so Look how far that could go because you now you've got two nuclear superpowers. So you've got yeah, that's the scariest part. You got Russia, you got Russia going in and messing around with Ukraine. So that's a war. They're at war with Ukraine, right? I mean, it's just that's what it is. But that's a proxy war, and and by that I mean they're it they're taking a they're taking a calculated risk that they don't think anyone else is going to come that anybody else is going to come in there now we'll send we'll send aid there we'll send hell we've already given them javelin missiles we've given them apaches we've given them all kinds of stuff and nato will continue to do that it yeah it's like you said it's a slippery slope we we're doing everything we can because we want them to win but we also realize if we go direct contact right the the consequences of that I could mean, be nuclear war. We did the exact same thing Let's in Afghanistan. Be when the Russians were in Afghanistan, we funded, we poured money into Afghanistan. We sent arms, every, we sent everything we could over there. We just didn't go over there when the Russians were there. And that's part of the reason why the Russians couldn't win that was because we, we bled them out. The rest of the world bled them out in the fact that they kept supporting all of the rebels and they, couldn't, they could not wear them out to where they didn't have supplies and they didn't have money and they didn't have all the stuff they needed because the rest of the world just Was kept funneling them. in there, funneling in there. And finally, the Russians... Do you think just, that would be the same way in Ukraine? I don't know. I think what you're seeing and and we'll know here in a we'll know in a day or two because I think what Russia's they do not want to get into that kind of a situation. I think they're going to throw I think they're going to go after as hard as they can with the idea that they can take the whole freaking country in a very short amount of time. If that happens, then it becomes a stalemate where what will happen is the rest of the world will try to sanction they'll try to sanction the living shit out of Russia, they'll try to bleed their economy dry to where they can't afford to keep making war there. So a sanction is just like, explain a sanction because I don't know what a sanction is. Okay, so a sanction is um, Russia built a pipeline into Europe. You just pretty much don't, you're not going to associate. There's all kinds of things you can do. So you can say that any company that is based in Russia can't can't sell their wares to us. To us, yeah. Um, you can say the, the Europeans can say, okay, well, we got this pipeline coming out of Russia for uh, natural gas. 
we're shutting it off. We're not going to take, we're not going to buy one. So all these other countries are going to sanction the living shit out right. of you think if they get Ukraine. Right. Well, that's Russia's problem is that their economy is not in very good shape and it's pretty much entirely based on natural resources. Natural resources. So if you shut off and you're not buying that from them, they got all kinds of oil, coal, natural gas, but they don't have anywhere to t- sell it to. Right. They, they don't have anywhere the, to sell it. They don't have any money right. to buy food, buy what they need to do, whatever. Do you think we'll have to print money to, to help Ukraine? Do you think we'll have to print more money? Do you think they'll use it as an excuse to print more money? Well, I think Or we're do you headed- think we got a budget just to help them out and use aid? Or do oh, you think no. we'll just we're leave bent- NATO to... We're so far upside down, we're, we're going further in the hole every day. Until somebody goes without that's on the government teat, whether that's the Defense Department, whether that's Health and Human Services, whether that's Social Security, until somebody goes without... We spend more money than what we take in. So either we have to raise taxes. Well, not even that. We can't even tax our way out of this. We have to cut the amount of money we spend and take in more taxes if we're ever going to get out of the mess we're in. But when you're the reserve currency of the world, the U.S. has decided they think they can print as much money as they want because... What are they going to do? And you're seeing that. The dollar is actually getting stronger because anytime there's bad shit that happens, people move their, people exchange their currency for the dollar because the dollar is the most stable currency in the world. Mm. So as long as it's the most stable currency in the world, we can pretty much do whatever we want because nobody else is going to do it, which is an interesting point. And you talked about this, that there's some people that think that the Russians actually are Bitcoin. Bitcoin. There's a rumor out there that Putin invented Bitcoin. He is Satoshi. <laughs> he well, who knows he if he invented it, but he you know he's crooked enough where he could have that they're a team it. that created this amazing technology that he figured you know if I'm going to throw overthrow America and get back to being the number one power, I need to do something, and that's a little far fetched, but it is a rumor out there, and it would be kind of genius on Putin's part if well, he did create Bitcoin. <laughs> well, and I think it is interesting. That That's kind of a whole nother conversation that we've seen this week is Bitcoin today is 35,000. And so the idea that Bitcoin is digital gold and that it is a store of wealth that is stable, that's kind of under attack because through all this, as the stock market's gone down, Bitcoin's gone down also. Um, but to your point about about that, I feel like that really Bitcoin would be the biggest threat to the United States dollar because if if you ever got to the point that Bitcoin or some other currency was the reserve currency of the world, that would that would change that would take an awful lot of power away would from the United States. It would reset the it would reset it. I think it is, and I think a lot of people that are really into Bitcoin, that's, that's kind of like their utopian idea is that, so the upside of that is that if Bitcoin is the reserve currency, nobody can control that. Mm-hmm. So it takes the power away from a, you don't need a central bank, and it, and it takes that power away. The problem is, it, if that happens, it creates a power vacuum where China, Russia, other countries around the world, if you ever saw an opportunity to bring down the United States, 
that would be the time to do it when they are no longer the reserve currency. Right. So it, it the, it's like we said, you know, we could have just stopped. We could have just stopped at the statement and said the whole world is nuts because it is. It's crazy. Crazy uh, times right now. It is crazy times. Yeah. So let us know what you think because <laughs> we just kind of been rambling about, you know, all this. And by the time you hear this, a lot of a lot of things will be a little clearer. Some of it will probably be murkier, but a lot of it will be clearer as far as the Russian thing. But Bitcoin, it's going to be interesting to see whether it levels out or whether it keeps going because um, if it does keep going down, I don't know, the argument that it is like digital gold is going to get kind of tarnished because gold's actually moving up. Gold's been down, you know, 17, 18, 1900, and I think it had a big move the other day. I don't really track gold much anymore because it hasn't moved for so long, but you know, if you come back here in a few weeks and gold's three thousand dollars an ounce and Bitcoin's thirty-two thousand, well, it looks like Bitcoin follows the stock market more than it follows the precious metal market. I mean, we haven't even talked about Canada really. We, it's that was that's been a whole well, thing in itself too. I mean, you got that going on in Canada. It looks like he the what is it? What's his name? Trudeau. 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 He looks Castro. No shetty. If you ever see the comparison of Fidel Castro and him. They, it looks like his son. So, yeah, it literally they, looks like his son. It's so well, weird. The, his parents were friends, and there's a picture I know. of Fidel holding him. I know. Baby, it's so, so crazy. If you've seen some clips coming out of Canada, man, you want to. It looks like he's a fascist. He looks. He does not look like he. Yeah. He. Yeah. That's that's a but bad deal. And I, just, I was root. I was really rooting for Canadians there to get their freedom back, just because I felt like it was their only. Yeah, chance. chance. I mean, and I don't know. Is it still going on? No. So he just repealed it last night. I saw it on tw- I saw it on Twitter this morning that they they shut that off. That he reversed that because yeah. the deal's over. And I saw the three examples that that was used in Canadian history, and it was like World War II, World War One, World War Two, and then there was some domestic terrorist know. situation that they used it. Yeah. And then you're going to use it for a peaceful trucking protest. You look like an idiot, dude. He does look like an idiot. You look like an idiot. Yeah, on the world stage, I think he looks like an idiot. Um, some guy said, though, that his bank account had been unfrozen, that he got his he got access back to his money, and I don't know whether he was somebody that was actually involved in it or he was somebody that just gave five bucks and they froze his account. I don't know how involved he was, but his account was unfrozen, and he said that, he was taking all his money out of the Canadian banks, and he was putting it all. Yeah, so what was the deal with that? So if you had any association with the trucker rally, they were freezing your bank account. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it wasn't even if you were a part of it. It was as if you gave money. And GoFundMe, they got, a lot of, they got a lot of slack because they shut down that yep. um, GoFundMe for the Well, Canadian. they froze the money. Yeah. The people that gave money, they didn't go ahead and give it to the trucker rally. Then they weren't going to give it back to the people that gave it, and then I think they finally did, but I haven't heard if people actually have gotten their money back or not. I'll so, never use GoFundMe again. No. That's the only way to stop these freaking conglomerate companies, yep. big old companies that are against freedom. Bitcoin Lightning Network. That's the yeah, the other thing money. that we're... And, you know, people are saying, well, this is why we don't want to go digital currency, because if they can freeze our accounts now, they're going to be able to freeze them just as easy using digital currency no well and the other thing is it's kind of what you said about the stimulus checks and if you know a long time ago when we do digital currency you can give people money and they can only spend it on certain things that's my biggest worry when it comes to digital currency 
what if they get to the point where they just like give you your paycheck and they say you can only buy this certain amount of things with this money you can't buy assets you can only buy one home can't buy any other homes you can only buy this many acres can't buy any more i mean then you're getting to a scary point so it's in canada i mean you saw that I mean, they froze people's bank accounts. They got that kind of power. So buy your land, buy land, buy <laughs> assets, buy, I don't know, buy Bitcoin, put some money in cash too, I think. Bottled water, bullets, spam. guns, all that stuff. You want it, you want to get ready. Who yeah. knows? Get your bug out bag. <laughs> um, so in amongst that Canadian deal, there was a great uh, letter that was it was made public i think uh pomp put it on his podcast i saw it a few other places too so there was a crypto a crypto wallet so a digital wallet company from canada they were canada based and so what what they had was an online digital wallet where you could they weren't an exchange so in other words you couldn't buy or sell or trade cryptocurrency on they didn't have an exchange. All it was, they had a um, service where you could create an online wallet where you had your private keys. And if you don't know what your private keys are, traditionally, all the ones that I've seen is it is a twelve word, it is a twelve word password, um, and there you can you can make your own up or else you can have it randomly generated, and that is the. Those are the keys, air quote keys, that control access to your account. So you can transfer cryptocurrency in there, whether that be Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polkadot, whatever you hold, you can you can transfer that into that digital wallet and you can hold it there and nobody can get access to it. The only way you can get access to it is if you have those keys. And the Canadian government sent a letter to them because they're Canadian-based and said that they wanted lists and amounts of all of the people that were on that exchange so that they could cross-check them to see if any of them were involved in the trucker rally. And this company sent, and it was from the, it was from the Royal Financial Court or some, you know, some Canadian thing, financial deal. And they sent a letter to him back, and they said, uh, "Dear, you know, Canadian Royal Canadian Financial, blah, blah, blah. Um, we are a electronic service provider. The only information that we hold for our clients is their email address. We do not have access to or knowledge of their accounts or what assets are held in those accounts." And so we are unable to provide you any of that information. And they said they they said that you should refer to um, crypto like a how like a how to like a how to file on the internet on how crypto wallets work, and that rest assured when the Canadian dollar goes to zero, we'll be here to serve you also. Oh, that was, that's good. They politely just showed them the middle finger and said, we aren't giving you anything because they didn't have anything to give them because right. it's not, it's, it's not, not their, they don't right. own the crypto. Yeah. Like it's not an exchange. So that's why people say, yeah, not your keys, not your crypto. Yeah. And that's why I feel like that kind of got a bad rap in that deal because people were talking about how they were freezing their, their, uh, 
their Bitcoin, freezing their cryptocurrency. Well, that the only way that that was happening is if you left it on exchange. And I'm guilt. I'm guilty of this because, like, I own a lot of the crypto I own is on Coinbase and on Square, and I have a digital wallet. I have a wallet with the keys. But it take you know it takes some time. A lot of these exchanges they have a maximum what you can transfer every day or Withdrawal how much you can transfer a month. And I'm lazy. <laughs> I mean, it's just simple. I'm I'm just lazy. Don't want to wait that long. Yeah, well, and you got to remember to do it every. You can't if you could just do it all in one chunk and say I'm going to transfer all this off onto this thing. But then if you ever want to sell it, you can't sell it directly from that wallet. You, you have to put it back onto the right. exchange. So, I mean, it, it's some responsibility. And, right. you know, I, I don't do well with, with responsibility. People that had money on those exchanges within Canada, they were able to freeze them because they didn't have the keys. So it wasn't their, it wasn't their crypto. It was Coinbase's crypto or Square's crypto. And I don't know whether they got into Square. I don't think they did because that's not a Canadian deal. But Canadian exchanges, they were able to freeze it because people had left it on the exchange. Mm-hmm. So that's something you got to, if you go down the road that you're going to go the crypto way, it is very, very safe, but it is only very, very safe if you own the keys. In other words, you have that crypto in your possession, whether that be a, an online wallet or an offline like, like a, hard drive wallet. Like a Nano or a Trezor. Like where, pretty much a flash drive, but just right. a, a wallet, a crypto yeah. wallet. Yeah. yeah, and don't ever forget your password if you ever do get a wallet because the password is super long, right? Isn't yeah. it like 12 words? 12 words. 12 yeah. word password. And so, you have to have those words in order. In order. And you cannot mess up anything. So yeah. you better be sure you know that password, have it written down somewhere. Put it in your safe with the ammo that you go out and buy. I think there's, I think, that, yeah, <laughs> I think there's like two or three million Bitcoin that are just, they lost. think it's just lost because, because people, people forgot their yeah. crypto password, wallet back passwords. In, back in the day when, you know, Bitcoin was worth $3 and people were buying pot, they were buying pot, porn, and pizza with Bitcoin because it wasn't worth anything. There's a lot of people that, you know, downloaded it, put it on a deal, and they were like, baked or they just weren't very intelligent. <laughs> they wrote it down on a piece of paper, put the paper in their Levi's and washed their Levi's and they couldn't read it. And we're like, oh shit, <laughs> I got 12,000 Bitcoin. Only it was oh, only that'd worth... that'd be so terrible. It was only worth $14.80 back then, but today yeah. it'd be oh, worth yeah, a fortune. So, You'd be retired. Yeah. If you, have you ever seen that video, that guy that gave the, the Bitcoin to the pizza man? Oh, that is Isn't just that tragic. That would be such a regret. How would you feel to be that guy? There's it no way in hell you could not think about that every day of your life. If you don't know the story, this guy literally ordered pizza and paid Bitcoin with it when Bitcoin was what worth a dollar? Dollar because a dollar. Didn't he give him? Wasn't it like? It could have been less than a dollar though. Wasn't it like twenty Bitcoin or some something like that? I mean, it was like so Bitcoin today. Oh, no, I feel like it was like. I feel like it was like two thousand Bitcoin. So it was like when Bitcoin it was like was cents, ten cents. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like two thousand Bitcoin that this guy just gave to this pizza guy. Paid? Can I pay for my pizza in Bitcoin? The guy said, "Yeah." Paid for like two? I think it was a two pizzas. Yeah, it's two thousand Bitcoin. So that oh. tells you that the pizza guy knew a little more about the, the potential of of crypto yeah. than the guy that bought the pizza cuz you don't hear that story though that guy never t- speaks up and said yeah i kept no. that who knows who knows what happened to it but yeah he probably went and bought some pot porn and 
pizza with it. Well, maybe he did. And if he did, then it's just if back I in was the guy that gave it to him, I'd feel a lot better if I knew that that guy just pissed it all. I know. Then if he's sitting on an island somewhere, be like sipping on a mai tai, t- and you know he's telling that story every night. You know? This dumbass gave me two thousand so bitcoin. Nothing. I oh, del- that'd be. A, can you imagine that? I sitting delivered- down on a vacation right next to a guy, and you just asked him what, how, you know, what do you, what do you do? And he said that fifteen years ago, I delivered two pizzas <laughs> to this guy, and he gave me two thousand bitcoin. Oh my god, that'd be insane. Um, so let's talk about some Carl Icon action. Uh, this guy is worth like sixteen billion dollars. Like I said in the beginning. He nominated two people to be on McDonald's board that are outlawing crated gestation for sows. They can't buy any pork. It's all got to be uh, crate free. So give the background on it because I didn't remember what the skinny was. Yeah. Carl. So so Carl, I I don't know if he was on the board of McDonald's at some point or if he was he advising for him or if he owned a lot of stock. I know now he only owns like a hundred shares of McDonald's, yeah. but. Like a decade ago, I watched this video about it. And a decade ago, McDonald's said they were going to outlaw and make all their pork crate free 10 yeah. years ago. And they were going to work towards that. And they, they made some progress, but it's been 10 years and they haven't met their goal. So now Carl Icahn is coming back at them and saying, well, you haven't finished the job yet, pretty much. And you need to get to crate free pork. And his 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 two uh, kids... kids uh, are both vegetarian, and I think one of them, she's not an activist, but she's for animal welfare across the board, and she pretty much called her daddy up, her rich daddy, and said, this isn't right, and here's some PETA propaganda, watch these videos, and yeah. he pretty much said in the video that he watched the videos, and he just said, "There, it's un, it's unnecessary suffering. Yep. It's unnecessary suffering with no, which pretty much tells me you have no idea what the purpose of the crates actually are. You well, don't know what the purpose of it all is. You just don't. You just see the, the propaganda that was out there. So you don't know what he saw. You don't know if that video was, if it was, if it was a typical animal rights propaganda, a lot of that's not even video from the United States. And, oh, yeah. and all of it is very old and very poor quality. But what's what I think is ironic about the whole thing is, so you got the guy, you got Carl Icahn, who I'm sure the animal rights people are lifting him up for him doing that, being like, oh, yeah. Get him. And Carl Icahn is a pure capitalist. Oh, yeah. He does not give a shit. And that's my thing. If you really cared, Carl, why don't you go and go to the... what? Do some shit. Do some Do some action. I'm pretty sure Carl couldn't keep a house plan alive. And if he did, he, it's because he had somebody to do it for him. But what I, what I think, what I started to say was, I, it's just ironic in our society that he has a lot of money. But he has a hundred shares of McDonald's, but yet he has their ear, and and I'm not sure I I don't want to get this too far out there because I don't know what I don't know what the procedure is as far as just because he nominated two people to the board. I don't think it necessarily means that they're going to get on the board. McDonald's ultimately has to make the decision. The shareholders make right. the decision, but my guess is he's spending a shitload of money lobbying the shareholders, sending out newsletters, emails, whatever, telling them why these two people should be on there. He spent a lot of capital to do that because mm-hmm. it's a cause, because he needs right. a cause. Oh, he needs to be relevant again, too. 
so there's no guarantee that this is going to happen. It's just, to me, it's the hypocrisy of someone, once again, you've got somebody that has has no training. Never probably been to a SAL unit in his life. He has no frame of reference, and he hasn't bothered to ask anybody, well, why did they do it that way? And that's the thing that always gets me, because it's just like Prop 12. No, you had people that don't have any information making a decision that affects farmers. They and have, the consumer, because yeah, it's going to affect you with the price. It's going to affect you with the price. It's going to affect everybody, and they don't even care. They don't even well, see it that way. And we but, Go ahead, keep talking, because I think we got a, we did an episode about Matt Rota on how he has technology that helps sows and you know the management of sow units, and how you know we put these these sows in these crates because if you see sows out in the wild, they'll just lay down, and these piglets are running around like the sows are, and they'll just lay down right on top of the piglets, and right. they will suffocate or they will crush the piglets. Right, that's how it is. A sow is not a real graceful animal. On the on the side, because we were talking about this off air. So if you're McDonald's, part of the reason that they haven't gone this way is because McDonald's figured out a while ago, and I don't want I don't know how else to say this, but they're not a they're luxury not, restaurant. Right, exactly. You're not so, gonna get an amazing burger at McDonald's. No. When you go to McDonald's, you're getting Quick, fast, cheap, and easy. Exactly. People go there, they're looking for a cheap meal or a quick meal or both. And so they're, and they're, the competition is fierce for that. And they are not out there looking for an affluent clientele that's looking for a dining experience. They're, they're budget minded people in a hurry. That's who they're after. So as a result, their cost structure is very tight. So every dollar, every penny counts. Counts. So for them to mandate a specific kind of, whether that be beef, pork, eggs, the potatoes, whatever, for them to set a rule, set a rule that's going to increase their cost of their raw material. If you're if you're on their board, if you're a voting member, share, shareholder, what you're voting for is going to hurt your stock price because you're going to add. It's going to hurt their profit. And I think, well, yeah, talk about the trickle down effect of that because. Yeah. It goes back to the farmer. It goes back to the consumer because yeah. they're going to have to ultimately... Because you don't realize all the farmers, all the integrators, all are going to have to do a major adjustments. Right. And they're going to have to switch things up. You're not yeah. going to be able to do raise as many pigs because yeah. you're not going to get probably as many piglets out of, a, out of a litter. Well, it's so interesting because here, I'll just tell you, that idea of that all sows need to be group housed and not be in gestation stalls, and then your farrowing needs to be pens instead of farrowing crates. What's funny about that is, if I put on my old hat when I was a hog building salesman, if I wasn't directly involved with agriculture, if I wasn't directly involved in the hog business, I'd be all about that. If I was an equipment company, or I was a building company, I'd be all about that, because you know why? So today, if you are Joe Blow and you have a 5,000 sow farrow to wean operation and that was required that you had to go crate free and you had to go farrowing crate free, your 5,000 head sow unit has to be redone. It has to be redone. And now it's only like a, it's only like a 3,600 because you've got to make all this room 
for these pens and the layout of the space, it's not nearly as efficient to get animals where they need to go and travel and all that. It has to be way bigger. So not only do you have to put new equipment in it, take equipment out, put new equipment in, you have to almost double, well, you don't have to double, but you have to probably a third again, increase the footprint of the building to house as many sows as what you had. So what to your point is, so that 5,000 sow, if you were in a situation where you couldn't do that, you could not make it any bigger for whatever reason, because you bought this chunk of ground and whoever you bought the ground from, if you didn't own all the ground around it, they weren't going to sell you any more ground, so you're screwed and you're stuck. Okay, so the production out of that unit, instead of it being from 5,000 sows, it's from 3,600 sows. So the number of pigs that you put out are going to be lower. So then all the finishers that you have, you're either going to have to buy pigs to fill those extra finishers, or you're going to have to go build a unit someplace else. And when building costs are as high as they are, you're probably not going to do that. So it lowers the production. You're going to need the same amount of labor because it takes more labor to care for those animals when they are group housed than they do when they're in individual pens. Plus, you're going to have a harder time keeping help because it's much more dangerous, and that's something that they don't talk near about. So when you have a crew working in one of these sow units, today those people are predominantly Hispanic, and a lot of them are, I'd say equally male and female, but they're smaller people. They're not. They're not Vikings. They're not. They're not Brock. Lesner. Rock Lesner. Yeah, no, they're or not. The rock. These are small people. Yeah, for the most part. Right. So you're asking them instead of checking sows, vaccinating sows that are housed in individual pens that protect the sows from each other. It protects them from uh, fighting and biting and side biting and. And, getting up and charging and, and, and fighting because yeah. sows don't they don't get along they don't play well together there there's a pecking order that they develop and every time you put a sow in that pen or take a sow out it changes the pecking order so they fight but the people that have to work in there it is much more dangerous the amount of injuries that you're going to have to your workforce in a group housed setting versus a, a pen setting is greater. I mean, I don't know what the statistic is, and I don't know if we have a statistic, but I can tell you that it, it's got to be because your chances of getting hurt are a lot greater. What are the chances of more piglets dying, too? A lot more. Because it's exactly what I said. Right. They're all the pig- So and when they, because you get a crate, they, they farrow the piglets, right. and they're just in that little crate, right? right. There's right. not a much, much room for the, the sow to get up right. and move around, and it's the same with the piglets right. for a reason. Yes. But and then, so in the so do they farrow in the like where do they farrow the in so, the pen? So in that farrowing crate they farrow there. No, I'm well, saying if you did the open gestation. No, so you take them to a farrowing room. But yeah, it, it depends to what degree they want. So part of it is they don't want sows in individual pens in the gestation side. In other words, between the time they farrow and get pregnant again and they farrow again that time where they're held there they want them in pens group housed instead of in individual crates individual pens Mm -hmm. but then there's another side of it where they don't want farrowing crates they want them to be able to move about a pen when they have piglets so 
both of those situations, if they farrow in a pen, you are definitely going to have more piglets die from crushing just because it can happen. No matter what you do, it's going to happen to some extent, some more than others. And some sows are better mothers than others. Some of them will get up. Some of them won't get up. But in the gestation side, you are going to have more sows that abort, in other words, lose their pregnancy, because the stress of being in pens... And fighting with and other fighting sows. when sows are introduced or when somebody's in a bad mood. And, and they're like it's like, a, it's, like a, it's like grade school recess and the fact that if one sow gets bullied, sometimes multiple sows will just pick on that one sow because... She starts screaming, it's and they're all link. yeah. So they're just like, yeah, yeah. Let's just torment the hell out of her. So through both parts of that process, you're gonna you're gonna have more you're gonna have more sow mortality. So you're gonna have more sows that die because sows ride them, sows bite them. They get an infection, um, they get a broken leg, they get whatever, and then you're gonna get more sows that abort. So you, your farrowing rate's gonna be lower. Then when they farrow. Because you have op- if if you're in a situation where they want open pens, you're going to wean fewer pigs, and you might have to expand this facility, which you can't do. So you'll have to buy more pigs. Right. You can see the pattern here, folks. Right. The production is going to be significantly lower. That is not to say that you can't do it, and there are people that are doing it. And in fact, the the integrator that we feed pigs for, they have a sow one of the sow units that they built. Actually, they build it while I was working for them. It is pen gestation. So the sows are grouped house. And they get along okay. The numbers aren't as good as their best units that are. But here's the other side of it. We're in a, another thing to consider is it takes better management. You have to have better people that are better trained, that are more patient and more attentive to the animal's needs to work in a unit like that. So when we're in a situation where labor is at a premium and it's hard to find people, hard to keep people, you the poor the poorer that your labor pool is in a unit like that, the worse your results are. So in other words, what I'm saying is if you have your best people working in a unit that is group housed, you can put out numbers that are comparable to a regular unit. They're probably not going to be your best unit under any situation. And somebody can argue that. You can leave it in the comments. You can argue with me and say that. And I'll give that to you. There's probably people out there that do a really good job that can make it work. But as a whole... You're not going to get that labor at every right. single one of your, those sow units. Your average quality of labor will have a poorer result than it will in a pen with a single penned gestation and farrowing. That's just the way it is. So the end of this whole rant is that at the end of the day, there's fewer pigs, the cost of those pigs are higher, and if they can't sell those pigs, if they can't sell that finished hog for enough money to make up the difference in their cost of production, they'll be out of business, which in turn shrinks the population of sows, shrinks the amount of output, increases the price even more of pork, and the consumer pays the price at the end. Now, Carl Icahn's kids right. might be McDonald's able to... pays the price at first, but then when you go through that freaking drive-thru, you're going to be like, 
Where well, the two? That, yeah, what happened to the dollar menu? Where's the dollar menu yeah. at? What happened to my uh, sausage egg McMuffin in the morning yeah. that was on the dollar menu? Yeah, the two for two is gone, yeah. and it's a and it's a two for four, or it's a two for five twenty five, or whatever. And let's be honest, when you go through McDonald's, it's exactly what we said in the beginning. You're going there for a quick fix. You're going there because it's cheap, and you're going there because you're just you're probably hungry in the moment, right. but. Is, let's be honest. Is McDonald's really worth fifteen fifteen to twenty dollars? Are you going to spend fifteen to twenty dollars if you go through the McDonald's? Mm, no, you're not. Nah, I'm not. I don't want to do that. I'd rather go sit down and eat breakfast somewhere. And, and that's the other side of it is people like Carl Icahn. That's they the don't thing. care. It's not even on their radar because. But I don't even think they even understand. They don't even look past that far. No. They don't even look past that far. How far it goes. See the people that can least afford to be hurt are the ones that are hurt the greatest. So in this scenario that we just talked about here, if the price of pork on the average selling price goes up, say it costs on a hundred weight. So on a, on a, well, let's just say on a pound of pork, when it's all said and done, it ends up costing, uh, it ends up costing 75 cents a pound more. Okay. The people that go and buy a rack of ribs at the barbecue joint, and that rack of ribs was $18, and now it's $19. Those people don't give a shit because they're paying, they, that, they're paying for that experience, and they got the money. The people that are eating on the dollar menu at McDonald's, it has a much greater impact on them than it does the top of the... And that's right. what people yeah, don't I, understand. I get what you're saying. Yeah. If you're relying on McDonald's for your most of your meals, you know, try to get off. That try to get off that. You're not going to live very long. But I mean, that you know, the desperate times call for desperate measures, right. and I'm not judging you at any point. But there's are people like that out there, and this whole that whole thing. that affects them more than like I get what you mean. If you're going to an expensive restaurant, you're going to pay. You don't care if it's two bucks right. increase, but the McDonald's, the the bacon breakfast pizzas at Casey's. Yeah, that matters. It's like gas. It's like you know that's the problem with our our problem with our society and a problem with politicians and people like this is you know we're uh, we're so blessed that we can have causes, but you know what? High gas prices hurts the guy that can least afford to pay the gas prices, and high pork prices, high food prices hurts the people that can least afford. The people that are struggling to pay for groceries now, every little thing, it's a death of a thousand cuts, and their quality of life goes down for every. Penny <sighs> to me, that goes I up. feel like this is just a stunt for him. I feel like it's just to make him relevant again, to give him a cause, a good, uh, good tax write-off if he actually wants to start an organization, a nonprofit, whatever, to do something. But he is not an expert. If he wanted, if he really gave a shit, he'd walk through a sale unit. He'd understand the why. Yeah. But all he does is puts out headlines that are gonna cause Big a words. bunch of stir, cause a bunch of stir in the media and. It's just, it, it annoys me because I feel like that's a lot of how Hollywood and billionaires that have no touch with agriculture, they just they just throw out shit because they just see it from the outside and they've never stepped one foot on a farm and actually seen what goes on. And it's sad. Like- it's, it's sad that, it is truly sad that the American farmer has almost flipped on a dime of how much, I mean, ridicule you yeah. get. For being a farmer when it used to not be that way yeah, it's sad but anybody like a tour just let us know we'll yeah hook you up yeah 
not our farm. We don't want you come, but we'll find somebody to <laughs> let you come through. I wouldn't lie to you if it if it didn't worry me a little bit in the fact that you know McDonald's does kind of set the tone in fast food. You know they are they are the dominant player in fast food, and kind of what they do is a lot of what a lot of the other fast food people do. So it's worrisome, you know, because you these guys with all this money can just say a, a, a sentence like that, a statement, and it causes a bunch of uproar, and they might make it happen, and they don't even realize it, and it just it just sucks. But I just I just wanted to say, you know, McDonald's got a lot of power, so yeah. I'm not I, saying it's never going to happen. I'm not going to be one of the we're never going to be one of these guys that says, oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen because. The way we believe, it's just never going to happen, you know? The world doesn't, you know... There's so many guys out there that have their belief, and they just say, oh, it'll never happen. Well, that's how you get knocked on your ass, and you end up broke, and, you know, you just don't move with the world. So I'm not going to sit here and say that. Do I like it? Hell no, but... I know what's wrong with it. It ain't got no gas in it. <laughs> Is that Mc- your voice? Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's food probably does have some of them some gas in it. It's got some pretty good chemicals. It's I know got some <laughs> I know if you can if you got a set of McDonald's food, it can probably sit there and not like I think there was a guy that did an experiment that like you could have it sit in there for ten years and it won't mold. Yeah, because the mold won't grow on it's just it's got yeah. enough formaldehyde. <laughs> oh man. It's There's probably some gas in there. Enough vegetable oil to do something. But yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know. What are your thoughts? You got anything to say there? One thing that probably isn't been that didn't get included in that in that statement when they said that you know they were supposed to have that done ten years ago, so the the head of McDonald's supply chain he actually spoke at uh, NPPC anyway he spoke there and it's probably been ten years ago when he spoke and um, I will give them credit I think part of the reason that it hasn't happened yet is because. They actually spent the time to tour farms and to talk to suppliers. So like JBS and I don't know who supplies, I don't know if Hormel supplies them with their bacon or who it is. Um, But they actually took the time and talked to those guys and they actually went and toured some farms. Toured some farms. Well, that's what we need. And I think that's why at the end of the day... They haven't gone all the way. They haven't gone that way. But when you get somebody as polarizing as Carl Icahn, and he brings the heat to it. And, you know, and it makes a good story because, let's face it, the media, they, Loves like, that shit. they like something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it nothing may come of it because right. at the end of the day, McDonald's has to run their business, and they know, you know, they know what that does, you know, the economics of it. Um, we'll just have to see. But hopefully... Yeah, I don't know. But the last thing I just want to say is we got to feed all these people, folks. We got to do it in a productive way. And ten billion by twenty fifty, I always go back to that. And people want to get less productive when it comes to right. growing food because it's the humane way. When you haven't even toured a farm and got firsthand experience, well, to and find so out that that's not necessarily the humane way. Right? It sounds good. Right. So it's like California Prop Twelve. Words have meaning, and when you describe something the right way, you can get people to read that and right. agree and go, oh, yeah, I'm and all And people for that. that have no ties to ag, which right. most people have no ties, oh, yeah, they'll get behind that. Yeah. I and mean, people have- can get skewed so easily now, it's insane. Right. So that's why, I mean, it's a, I mean, that's really why we're doing what we're doing on This Will Do Farm. Yeah. It, 
it's really giving you a, a clear vision of what it's like in one of these modern day hog barns that's productive. That's yeah, you know, producing a lot of pork out there for you. And you know, if you watch our videos, I think you can make the you can form your own view, but you know, we almost got thirty thousand people that support us and follow us and watch our videos, and they got they they see no problem with it. And I I love that the fact that we're just getting bigger and bigger and showing more and more people, and we got to keep doing that because it's just because I'm so polarizing, I'm, I'm so engaging. They're willing to look. They're willing to overlook all the all the problems. Yeah, I guess that's right. Pretty much anything for torque. Last last point here: crop inputs going up daily. The supply. Will we have what we need, Dad? Will we have what we need? I that I felt pretty good. Um, I I went to a I went to a Pioneer Agronomy meeting yesterday, and um, that was good. You know, there's not near enough. Of, there's not near enough situations today where farmers get together and see each other. You know, it used to be that there everybody had an open house, and you know, you could run the free lunch crowd pretty much all the way from. Uh, november to march but it's not that way anymore consolidation has hurt that anyway i i got a free lunch yesterday it was smoked mac and cheese pork loin chips and uh cookies it was damn good i enjoyed what kind it. of cookies uh they had a variety chocolate chip they uh, have the m&m ones they had the, the chocolate M&M. chip. yep yep that's the best go to i left sawyer home because he had work to get done i but, you know so i was sitting there and i was feeling pretty good because i've i've made my uh my chemical uh, a supplier has already extracted his pound of flesh from me and given me his pricing and all that. But they were talking about how supply is so limited that you may, like if your chemical supplier calls you and says, hey, I'd like to deliver whatever, take it. Don't say, oh, I don't want it yet because it might be that we're one, we're one, you know. Trucker alley away. Yeah, of not being able to get it. And then we were talking, you know what I love about <clears throat> I've said this before, but there's no better business than to be in the fertilizer business for corn and soybean growers because here is you cannot argue against them. There's no there's no way you can argue against them because we're looking at crop prices being really high. Commodity prices are going to be high this fall. So guess what? You need everything you can get. You need to get you need to maximize your yield. Right. You need to get every bushel you can. So don't skimp on fungicide. Don't skimp on P and K. Make sure that your P and K is right. And then split up your nitrogen, but don't, you know, don't skimp on your nitrogen. Just make sure that you're you're breaking it up and so that you're not wasting any. And, you know, don't skimp on your seed treatment because you need every bushel you can get. Well, guess what? <laughs> when commodity prices are cheap, you know what they say? Well, boy, commodities are cheap. So, you know, to pay this rent, to pay all this stuff, you need you every... Need maximize yield. <laughs> you need every bushel you can get. So you better get all... I mean, it's a no-lose deal. Yeah. I just... I screwed up. I should have gotten into that uh, chemical dynasty. I think you did all right with hog parts. Yeah, it was I a good take deal. It. it was good. It was good. But anyway, um, so I was sitting there, and we were talking about that, and I thought about uh, fungicide. And so I messaged my, my chemical dealer, and I said, you know... What about fungicide? Are you are you comfortable that you're going to have supply? Do we need to prepay for it? Whatever. And he just says to me, he goes, well, there isn't any fungicide yet because nobody's made any. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, they don't even start making fungicide till after, you know, all the, all the chemicals that are going to get sprayed. They do all that because the same companies make a lot of that stuff. 
So he goes, yeah, they don't even worry about making it until after. And I'm like, oh, how's that going to work? He goes, ah, who knows? We might not have any. Might have enough. Sure, we won't have any extra. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. That's shit. that's freaking. That makes me feel better about it. So I guess let me know if you get if you can get it, get it. Yeah, that's what that's, it comes down to. If you can get it, get it. That's the thing. And that's the thing. That's it's it's like a self. It's like when people see that it's a winter storm. What do you do? You run to the grocery store and get a jug of milk and a loaf of bread. Well, now you got all these farmers. They're like, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> so they're gonna be, you know, everybody's gonna be. Oh, everybody's I pre- calling. Yeah, I want my fungicide. I'll prepay my fungicide. Well, guess what happens? The price of fungicide probably gonna go up. I think that, like we said in the beginning, crop prices are gonna be really good come fall. But every bill that I get, and I'll tell you what. This LP was a doozy because uh, we had a really hard winter, and I don't even know if you know this or not, but I got my FS bill the other day. I had a $20,000 LP bill. Holy shit. We were lucky enough to fill our double site. It's your and, double site. And Sawyer site. All uh, Yours wasn't you know, slouch because it was so cold. We just happened to luck out that we filled just cold as hell, so... Anyway, that uh, happens. Everything's going higher. Well, we're trying. We're going to be optimistic, though. Still, you know, the world is crazy out there, but there is a lot to be grateful for, and there's a lot of opportunity. We always go back to that. There's a lot of opportunity out there for you to make some extra money, do some stuff on the side. You know, there's there's opportunity everywhere, and there's some good things out there to look forward to too. And when you look around the world, thank God you're born right here. I know, and you know the people that don't think America is the best country to live in. Just go, go live in Canada. Go live in Ukraine. <laughs> you know, if you hate it so much here, go. I I'm if, truly am blessed to live in America. It's the de- best damn country to be born in and live in. I wonder if all the actors and celebrities that said I'm going to move to Canada. I wonder if they still want to move to Canada. Is the is the north border in the United States wide open too, or is it just oh, the yeah, southern? Pretty, no, it's pretty much. Yeah. Oh. But there aren't a lot of Canadians. I was going to say that's not very that's not that's not equal rights. That's not where's the equality there if the northern border wasn't as open as the southern border. Uh, well, no, the the, nor- the the problem is the northern border. There isn't a lot of people just piling up and coming in the United States as <laughs> well. And- I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to say Canadians might be like, see ya, I'm out. They might be. I don't know. I hope it's all the conservative ones. I hope. Well, I think it. Bring your case- trucks too. I think it might be. In that Bring your trucks. <laughs> well, I think we're going to wrap it up, folks. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Share the show if you got anything or you agreed with us on anything. Do your own research like always. Form your own views. This is just us talking and sharing our opinions and what we think on certain stuff. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you guys. Um, get some merch if you want. Snag it. And we'll see you guys back here next Friday. Oh.